Come and dream with me. And welcome to What Do You Want to Watch? The Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every fortnight we get together to talk about TV, movies, online content, and whatever else our Disney overlords want us to watch. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley, and joining me today is Dylan Blight. Hello, Disney overlords listening in. And also, Nicholas Pryor. Hello, Disney overlords listening. Such enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we've got a big show for you this week. We'll be talking about uh, the Apple TV announcement, of course, the... Uh, Disney finally buying Fox, a uh, bunch of different things in our watch history, and then we'll be talking about the movie we ended up watching, <sighs> 13 Ghosts. Yep. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, so this fortnight, I went and saw the new movie, Fighting With My Family, the uh, story of WWE D- Women's Champion uh, Paige. Uh, yeah, it's a fun time. It's a it's pretty by-the-book sports movie. Um of course, it's got the rock in it, so that kind of is a big draw. He's been a major part of the marketing, but he's honestly barely in it. And to be completely honest, he's kind of shoehorned in, especially his second segment that he's in the movie. Um, I saw an interview where they said that scene that's in the trailer actually happened or something, though. Maybe. Which scene? The one where he, he like they're in the undercover part or like their first meeting or whatever, and they're talking. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Is it a WWE produced movie? Uh, I think it's co-produced. Like they've they put their name on it, but I'm pretty sure it's produced by Dwayne Johnson's uh, company, directed by Stephen Merchant. Um, yeah, it just it was just fine, and the the comedian Stephen Merchant. Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because apparently there was a documentary about them. Not because too, they're like not two uh, things I've put together, to be honest. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, there was a documentary about Paige when she was starting out and sort of her start, and this is sort of what this is based on. Uh, but the thing that I... The major issue I have with the film is it never explains why she's given the opportunity she's given. It's like she, they never show her how why she's so good at wrestling or why she should be given all these chances that she's been given, which uh, kind of irked me. Uh, there's also, as a wrestling fan, do you just notice some of the historical differences? If certain people aren't there that should be there. Um, Vince Vaughn plays like a coach guy. He's kind of fine. He, he makes some smart-ass remarks. He seems to be doing everything, whereas in the real world, there'd be a bunch of people doing many parts of his job, so they've kind of condensed everything down. And yeah. It's 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 a fine sports movie. It it it's not surprising anyway. It kind of goes the way you expect it to. But yes, I I enjoyed it coming out of the cinema, and then the more I thought about it, the less highly I thought of it. I always thought it looked like uh it it just looks like uh bi- biography light. Yes, you know definitely like, feel good biography. It's not you know it's not trying to be hardcore or any, anything like that, and it's more about Hey, do you like The Rock? Do you like wrestling? Do you like Paige? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Less than like a, a proper, here's legit what actually happened and stuff. Yeah. So, if, you know, she's the underdog. She comes back and, you know, but she just doesn't feel like she owns anything during the film. So there's that. Uh, Nick, you watched Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. I did. Yes, with uh, Steve Carell, Kieran Knightley. Yes. Uh, 
It's apocalyptic. Adam Brody. Almost apocalyptic movie. <laughs> what do you think? Pre-apocalypse. Pre-apocalypse, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I didn't really have many much expectations going into it, but I thought it was really well written. Some good comedy. It wasn't all comedy. There was plenty of like drama, and I guess yeah. The only beats. Th- negative thing I could really take away with it is that Steve Carell is playing the character Steve Carell always plays. So, like the I guess the forty year old version kind of like um. I just very timid and reserved and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But other than I feel that, like the but... only time he's, he doesn't play that character is like uh, Anchorman Fox or Catcher. something weird. Yeah. Or Foxcatcher, oh, yeah. Oh, Fox Fox. I suppose within his comedic roles, the only time I can think of <laughs> yeah. is like Anchorman where he's a bit more crazy. He, he's I, 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 he's uh, the role that, you, that comes to mind when you really think of him. Like the same kind of over again. But other than that, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, Dylan, you watched... Uh, Life of the Party with Milson McCarthy. That was a movie that exists <clears throat> and is perfectly fine to chuck on in the background if you feel like a, uh, just a 5 out of 10. <laughs> you want to rack up those track TV stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you want to rack up Dylan track- stat padding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, was, I was like looking for Netflix the other day and I was just like, I want something that's background material and I saw it and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll watch it. Sure. Uh, I knew um, what's her face was from um, Community was in it. What I can't remember her fucking name now. That's why I watched it. John McHale. Uh, no, not John McHale. Not Donald Glover. It was the female. It was Britta. I can't remember her name. Ah. Oh. Um. Chevy yeah. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Gillian Gillian Gabe Jacobs. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she, but- she she's in it. But yeah, it's it's just a Melissa McCarthy movie. And I think if you've watched a Melissa McCarthy movie. You know what you're in for, and you even know if you're gonna hate it, love it, just be fine with it. It didn't really, it it didn't make me laugh out loud or anything. It was just, you know, it's fine. It's it's a five out of ten background movie. There's really nothing else to say for it. Cool. Well, I finally got around to watching The Founder, the uh, 2016 film starring Michael Keaton, where he pretty much. Uh, oh, McDonald's. Of, yeah, McDonald's. The McDonald's movie. Pretty much. Have you seen it, Dylan? Or... No. It's on uh, the list. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, not that it's surprising. I think it got a lot of buzz uh, and critical praise. Uh, Mike Keaton's obviously really, really good in it. Uh, obviously, his character takes sort of an arc where he's the guy you get it behind. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's trying to make a living. And then he sort of finds it. It explains why McDonald's is kind of the big global company that it is but it's just how it was founded and that how it that was exploited and sort of uh ex- franchised across the world so yeah really interesting film uh and yeah michael keaton takes an interesting character arc where he kind of ends up in a different place to where he begins in my opinion some other people might not have that same opinion of him, but yeah really interesting uh speaking of michael keaton i then went and saw spotlight <laughs> The 2015 biography. Did you say Saw as in you went and watched it in the cinema? What? You just said, and then I went and saw. Saw, yeah, Yeah, on on Netflix. Okay, because I was like... (laughs) I I, I I thought the same (laughs) thing. They had a reshow on Spotlight. I was like, 
I understand that George Pell just got chucked in prison and all. That's a very, <laughs> but it's like in celebration of that, let's uh, put spotlight back in cinemas, <laughs> <be> everyone. <laughs> Got to capitalize on this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but no, I did <laughs> watch Tom McCarthy's Spotlight on Netflix. Uh, the st- it follows the Boston Globe newspaper's Spotlight team, which is sort of an investigative journalistic unit, as they investigate the uh, case of widespread and systemic child sex abuse in the Boston area by numerous Roman Catholic priests. Uh, yeah, this is pretty amazing. Um, obviously, heavy subject matter. Uh, it was really kind of interesting to see how they went about telling, uh, trying to break the story, and then, yeah, all the different characters and I, I can't imagine in this day and age an investigative team would be given that much time to work on a project there's like four people going for like months and months and months and months uh especially in a day and age where newspapers are dying out but it, it's a nice thought uh pretty amazing cast as well uh mark ruffalo michael keaton rachel mcadams john slattery stanley tucci leave schreiber billy crudup uh yeah definitely worth checking out um Obviously, it won the Academy Award that year, 2015, so. It's the only year I actually, I think, that the movie I picked as my favourite movie of the year won the Academy Award for Best Picture as well. Yeah. The only time they've actually crossed over. But yeah, I, I had Spotlight as my number one movie, uh, 2016, 15, whenever 15. the fuck it came yeah. out. Um, yeah, I had it down as my favourite movie. Wait, over Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, hold on, let me double check something. Um, <laughs> what about Green? No, Boy? no, 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 no. <laughs> see, you see, <laughs> fuck you. No, I would have had it as 2016 because it released in January in Australia. Oh, okay, 2016. that's fair Yeah. So I would have had it yeah, in my top for that year because, of course, they're the rules. On the technicality. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I I love the movie and I remember watching it uh, in the cinema and while I was watching it, or at the news at the same time, was uh, George Pell running off to yep. to hide away in his hole. So the the news cycle was hot, I guess, at the time yeah, it was in Australia to timing. be watching it. Yeah to, yeah, to be watching that movie. And I just remember getting so angry by the end of it, watching it, I guess. Yeah. Like, like the combination of what's happened in the movie with what was happening in the in Australia at the time. So yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic movie. Uh, yeah. I feel like not enough people watched it, even though it won Best Picture. I never heard anyone fucking talk about it. Yeah, it pre- pretty incredible. And just, yeah, I definitely felt angry during it, just the, as that number escalated throughout the film. And then when they do the credits at the end, they show, they have, uh, they list all the cities that have had investigations yep. since that story broke. Yep. It's like three full screens and you see Australia, whatever, multiple like, times there yeah. and stuff while it was, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. Uh, Nick, you watched Be Kind and Rewind, the Michael Gondry film starring Jack Black and Be, Be Kind Mustaf. Rewind, I do this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was certainly a very interesting movie. You hadn't <laughs> seen it before? I don't, no, I hadn't. And Did you know what Sweeting know. was prior to this? No. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I don't know if I like it or not. There's certainly moments within it I enjoyed, but I can't say that I finished watching it going, that's a movie I love. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was certainly very weirdly acted as well and written and 
it did, yeah, it just seemed all over the shop for me. I yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it to be honest. It's a Michelle Gondry film. Yeah, Ter- Eternals. <laughs> that that doesn't mean anything to me. He, he's Eternals, a bit spotless. Uh, he's an auteur. You know. Yeah, he's got his own style. Doesn't... Was it produced as an indie film? Because it certainly had that. Yeah, definitely. I believe made... so. Yeah. 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 I mean, just the whole setup, and then it just seemed to go away as well. Like the, you got f- spoilers for it. Like he got electrocuted and wiped all the tapes, and he had all these powers, and then it just went away and never mentioned again. It was just so weird. But that's I, realistic. I think, no. <laughs> I, I think the point I, the part I enjoyed the most was them recreating the movies itself. Before it got to that point, I really wasn't enjoying it. But from that point on, I kind of got into it then. But then, yeah, like, I don't know. I d- wouldn't recommend it, like I said. I haven't watched it for 10 years. Or yeah, me neither. Whenever it released. So I can't really comment too much on it since I don't remember a lot of it. But in my mind, it's this movie that's okay. I never loved it. But it was yeah. always, it always stood out because of how weird and several moments in the movie and... Yeah, key I, things, I, I so. think I feel the same way. It's like, even though I, I I didn't love it, it just couldn't get out of my head, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. things and I've been using the phrase Be Kind Rewind like for years and just never really clicked to me Be where it had come from. They had it well, in it was, one most of Most video stores had Be Kind Rewind on their tapes and that sort of thing. I don't think it was... Okay. They also had it in one of those adverts that used to play at, at the, the start of... DVDs or videos or something like that. Definitely not DVDs. DVD. It, well, uh, no, but rewind your DVDs. Nothing, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't to do with that. It was like a, it was cut in with a bunch of other movies that used to play at the start, like a trailer type thing. I don't know if it was for copyright or something like that, but they used footage from this movie and that moment in it. I don't know what it's from, but it was like, it could have been a copyright trailer thing. It could have been a trailer for whoever distributed this. Like that would play at the start, be it Paramount, Universe, you know, whoever. It was one of those things at the start of a VHS or DVD though, that would play. So it, I would see a certain scene constantly from it fr- through those means. Cool. Uh, hmm. So I watched a Empire Records, which is a 1995 American coming of age comedy drama. That follows a group of record store employees over the course of one exceptional day. Um, main, the big stars in this, well, known names now are probably Robin Tunney, uh, Anthony LaPaglia, Renee Zellweger, and uh, Liv Tyler. Uh, none of the other people have really gone into what massive fame, but yeah, it was a fine, fun movie. Uh, apparently, it bombed when it first came out and got a bunch of negative reviews, but it sort of got to become like a cult hit sort of thing it's a okay comedy i think there's a lot of charm a lot of the characters are very charming and likable uh it's kind of it's just a weird odd film uh the soundtrack is pretty incredible if you want to listen to music from that sort of era it's definitely one worth checking out or just check out the soundtrack on spotify i'm pretty sure it'll be on there somewhere um but yeah after watching that i decided i needed to watch another musical sort of film so I went and watched Almost Famous again. The film from 2000 starring Billy Crudup, Francis McDormand, Kate Hudson, and Patrick Fugit, directed by Cameron Crowe, about a teenager who starts writing for Rolling Stone uh, and joins a fictitious band called Stillwater uh, on the road. Uh, I think it still holds up. It's still I still really enjoyed it. It is a little bit weird, uh, just age-wise with some of the people. It, it might be a little bit more comfortable now, but... 
I thought it still I, holds up pretty well. I don't think I've seen it. Really? I haven't seen either. No. no. It's one of those movies that I see the cover I saw constantly when I used to buy DVDs all the time, but just never really picked it up. Shocking. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of stunned. <laughs> Calm uh, down, mister. I haven't seen fucking 70% of movies out there that are considered no, cults, yeah. classics. Do you notice this, we haven't played that game anymore? <laughs> so has not seen time. any movies? Uh, well, you just wait. Uh, yeah. That, this this song, this movie re- revitalized Elton John's Tiny Dancer. I'm sure you've seen that scene, right? Nope. Maybe, but I wouldn't know that it's... <sighs> Oh, I wouldn't. I would never have thought that Tiny Dancer ever needed revitalizing. I thought Elton John was quite a medium-sized <laughs> man, and that he was less than tiny, or better than tiny. <laughs> man, I'm looking forward to Rocket Man. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, you watched. It's kind of a funny story. The uh, Anna Bolden, Ryan Fleck directed film. I think. That's right. Yes. It's, the team behind it, Captain Marvel. That is why I watched it. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, Anna Bone and Ryan Fleck. That's the, the direct, writers and directors, the people that did Captain Marvel. I was like, oh, I'm going to go watch their other movie that they did. And I'll tell you what, I see nothing in here that says anything <laughs> about why they'd get hired to do Captain Marvel, but that's fine. I, I, I really didn't expect to, but I still, I was like, I haven't watched any of their movies, so... Let me go see what they did before Captain Marvel. Um, it's a, a movie about a kid. I think he's like 16-ish or something like that. He's played by uh, Keir Gilchrist. Um, yeah. Gilchrist. Uh, he is like depressed and he has a dream or what. Like one night he's thinking about he's going to go jump off this bridge and stuff. And then he goes to the hospital and he's like, oh, thinking about killing myself. Um, can you just like do something about it and he t- talks to the doctor and the doctor's like uh you know like blah 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 and he's like no nah, like I'm, pr- I'm pretty suicidal you need to do something about it so then he signs into a suicide uh like a clinic or what it, whatever you, you call them uh like ward. Uh, yeah like on his mental own mental health facility mental health facility yeah, yeah so he signs into one of those and he, like for the first day he's like okay i'm good to go because he goes in there and there's a a few weird characters that stick out. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go home. But then it's like, he already signed himself in. They're like, yeah, we can't release you. You already, like, it's been signed off that you're, you're, you're too un- unfit to leave. So uh, the main character that he interacts with the most is played by Zach Galifianakis, who's in there, uh, which is, of course, a much older character, but he, he begins talking to him. Um, then you have, he starts interacting a lot with, um, what's her face? Uh, Emma. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. I was about to say, she's literally not listed on the cast here. That's so weird on the front page. But um, yeah, Emma Roberts is the the girl he starts interacting with in there. And uh, then you see some other stuff with his friends back home. And one of the only standout from that was the girls played by uh, Zoe Kravitz. He's this like, girl that he has a crush on uh, that he goes to school with and stuff. It's an okay movie. I think it's very like, it, it definitely isn't a movie that's trying to go hardcore into like, depression and 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 the the tackle the subject matter it's talking about head on it's very much a a light take on it and it's a comedy it's a comedy drama so it's not trying to be super hardcore on the subject matter so you're not going to walk out of it crying or anything too bad like that but there's certain stuff that yeah tackle some interesting themes i suppose at times but i think because it never really goes anywhere of any of them 
and it just sits on surface level a lot because it's like we're a comedy drama we can't go too serious on these things by the end of it i was just like i don't really feel like this movie said anything in in particular it was just like starting the conversation then walking away starting another conversation walking away starting another conversation walking away and none of the performances were super interesting it's just it was okay i I wouldn't suggest watching it though yeah it's an all right movie uh, I kind of feel like he comes in and solves a bunch of problems all of a sudden. Who? Uh, him at the end? Yeah. Yeah, the, the end kind of wraps up very fast. Like, Super quick. And everyone's happy now. Okay. Yeah. Well, even though they're like, oh, he says, he's like, you know, they don't try and say, and all of a sudden, you know, all these problems are over. But it does seem like all of a sudden his problems are over, I guess, to an, an extent. Yeah. It's, yeah. Bit, bit Wraps up a bit too nicely, I suppose, is what I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so watch also watch Goosebumps. It's fine. It, it, I like that movie. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Is that the Jack Black movie? It's the Jack yeah. Black movie where he plays R.L. Stein. Uh, there is a twist that I didn't see coming. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's a fun kids movie, I guess. Teen, well, yeah, yeah, it's a kids movie, so. Yeah, definitely aimed at that. Did you ever watch any of the ghost, uh, Goosebumps movies as a kid? I Remember watching the TV show? Well, I wouldn't say they're movies, but yeah. I remember watching they're the like TV a... show and the episodic stuff, but yeah. Would, would, is it anything like them nope. at all? It's a completely original story okay. that kind of brings all the monsters and whatever to life. It's, uh, yeah. Right. It, it was an interesting take on the idea of the Goosebumps, I guess. It's yep. the best thing I could say, but yeah. I think it's a good way to do a movie. Does it keep in line with the Goosebumps canon? No. Technically. Because it's... Well... It creates I new suppose, canon. Yeah, it's like, because the thing of this movie is it's not based on any of the books. It's like, of course, it's it's set in our world where R.L. Stein is Jack Black. And you know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of like the Goosebumps version of that Mary Poppins movie. The what? The one with Emily Blunt? <laughs> yeah. No, about the with uh, <laughs> the writer of Mary Poppins? Is that the yeah. one? No, it's yeah. nothing like that. <laughs> I'm. I'm probably. That's gonna, my analogy, and I'm sticking with it. If I see, I'm waiting for the second one to pop up on a streaming service. I'll probably watch Goosebumps too, because I enjoyed the first oh, one. Goosebumps it, too. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a perfectly fine like kids movie kind of. Yeah, thing. And I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I guess. Yeah, I also watched Tag, which is the second dumbest movie I've watched this fortnight. Uh, <laughs> I nearly watched it uh, yesterday. So is that a no? It's fine. I mean, it's medi- very it. mediocre. I watched it while doing something else. Uh, yeah, and that's that, what I was going to It worked do. fine for so, that. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it wasn't one. overly funny, and then uh, it kind of ended. Yeah. I feel like that's a description for 90% of comedies I would, in Hollywood. I, I feel like <laughs> I would much rather watch the documentary that featured the- they showed footage of it at the end than I would, if they made one, than watch this adaptation of their story. Because it was a real thing that happened where these bunch of friends played tag for years and years and years. So. Did they do a real documentary or did they just no, have real footage? that's what I wish they'd done <laughs> instead oh, okay. of this. That'd be far more interesting. Uh, and then, Oh, it was a good movie. Sorry, Nick? It was a good movie. It was an enjoyable watch. You just had no taste. No, it was just mediocre. Uh, nah. uh, and, uh, and then I also watched Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ant-Man back-to-back the other way around Why? to what I said it. Just because... <laughs> just because. <laughs> I just felt the <laughs> urge... And Ant Man showed For up. Paul Rudd, like, or yeah, Paul Rudd. Yeah, hmm. yeah, they're still good. I enjoy them. I, I, I think I 
have now gotten over the fact that Edgar Wright didn't direct the first Ant-Man and I'm fine with that movie the way it is. Obviously, there's, I feel like the first one has more of the small, cool bits. Maybe that's just because of the world it was sort of set in and kind of building him up with all the ants and stuff. Use Utilize the ants better in the first film, I think. But And then, obviously, Evangeline Lily giving, had more of an opportunity to shine in the second film. Second film's Much better. Much to Dylan's delight. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that's everything. So, we can now move into a monster mandatory Netflix segment. Uh, so, Nick, you watched Bodyguards, the BBC series starring John Madden from... No, Richard Madden. Not John Madden. Richard Madden from... <laughs> yeah, oh, Joel, Joel Madden from... Um, from, from the shoe line? What's that band? No, what's that band? No, it's Good Charlotte. No, that's Joel Madden. I said John yeah, Madden, as in, you know, from Madden Football. The football, yeah. <laughs> It's an amalgamation of all the matters. Yeah. Okay. How was it? Um, it was really, really good up until the ending, <laughs> and then the ending absolutely ruined it, and retroactively ruined the whole show. But leading up to it, it was just the dumbest explanation. It made absolutely no fucking sense, and made everything that happened before it make no sense whatsoever. Like it, I watched it because there was only six episodes, and when it. The finale aired, I saw that it had made ratings records in the UK and all that kind of stuff, so I thought it must be good. Like, it was a high score on track TV, and it was like, I was really into it, I really wanted to watch it all the way through, like I'd watch it night after night after night, but yeah, that ending just, oh boy, yeah, that was bad. It just completely out of left field, or was it just didn't make... What was, what was wrong with it? It was just... I can't really go into it without spoiling it, like, big time. It's just... It was shitty writing. That's the best way I can explain it. Cool. But other than that, it was good action-wise. Yeah, it was It was, it was. was fantastic. Is it an action there, film or is it more of a... It's kind of like... Yeah, I guess so. Action-y. Is it British thriller, 24? I never watched 24, so I don't know. The, the biggest thing I could think of, obviously it's not exactly the same, but I kept on drawing comparisons to Homeland, like the same kind of, same okay, kind yeah. of theming in a way. But yeah, like, and there's, just, I don't know, there's something about British shows that feel more real and gritty compared to US ones that I can get into more as well. I don't know, I can't explain why I feel that way, it's just, I do. But yeah, I mean... Give it a go. Like you might not might not hate the ending as much as I do, but it was a really really good show up until that point. <laughs> well, if it's so many other people like it, I guess. Well, maybe they just yeah. rated all the first five episodes and then possibly, and then yeah. everybody watched that six. Episodes I mean, yeah, it's know. only six episodes. I mean, it's not a that big of an investment. So, yep. Uh, Dylan, you watched the Dirt, the Motley Crew document docu drama. Biopic thing. Docu-movie. It's a biography, kind of, I guess, yeah. is what you'd call it, even though it's not really. It's it's like, well, look, this is the information you need to know to, to watch The Dirt. It is directed by Jeff Tremaine, who is the director of the Jackass films and stuff. That is the, who's behind this thing. It is also very much 
a movie that's less about truthfully telling you the story of Motley Crue and more about giving you the tone and feel of what the band is like, I guess. And honestly, I finished this movie and I could not help but compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody because both of these movies, as far as I'm concerned, this and Bohemian, don't dive into the the true, like full on into these characters and, and, and things properly. And really it's just a kind of best of Motley Crue things you remember all these like key moments and songs and and things you've heard about remember that one time they did an interview where Nikki six slammed tommy lee's head against the table yeah that's in this remember that one time they, they did an interview and they talked and ozzy osborne talked about snorting fucking ants yeah that's in this like it's just a, a combination of all things but it's like if you like motley crew which i do then it's got their music in it it's got stuff you've heard about happening and by the end of it, I was just like, this is not a good movie, but I enjoyed it. So mm. it, that's kind of how it's about. It's a very loud movie. It's it's just the epitome of sex, drugs, rock and roll. That's all it is. It's lots of f- people going, dude, dude, let's fucking rock out. Yeah, yeah. They get drunk. They do drugs. They have sex with a bunch of girls. Repeat over and over and over. Eventually, you get the, the dip where, of course, shit goes bad for them. They which of course if you know anything about what the cruise shit goes bad for a lot of them um and then that happens but then by the end of the movie it's just like and we're going to go from like 1988 to 2000 in like a 10 second scene and or like roughly and then uh we're just going to be like yeah and then they played for the next 20 years well they didn't just play for the next 20 years they were up down still continuously until they Mm. did their final tour only a couple years ago but they're just like yeah it was happy everyone's fine let's just continue on so but yeah, I do feel like if you're a Motley Crue fan, you'll just enjoy it. Uh, amongst yeah. all of its problems, you'll enjoy it. Which is kind of the... I really want to see it after watching the trailer, but after seeing that trailer, I never really got the impression it was going to be anything more than what you have just said it was. Which is, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody had the thing where they were going to make a tell-all kind of movie with Sasha Baron Cohen and they poo-pooed it because they didn't want, like, the bad, dirty laundry getting out. But it, Molly Crew have never really been to shy away from that kind of stuff, so it's kind of a missed opportunity not to tell the story. I feel like, well. well, it's based on the book, right? The Dirt, which is their famous yeah. book that they all wrote. And throughout the years, constantly, it's always been a thing with that book of, the up, down, up, down, oh, we kind of made that part up or we kind of like exaggerated that part a bit. And uh, maybe that didn't happen. You know, like even for their own autobiography, they were still just like, whatever's entertaining. That's their life kind of thing. Like whatever's entertaining, whatever works kind of, kind of thing. So I feel like if it's like this movie is based on the book that is known to be a little bit of facts, a little bit of bullshit for fun. Let's all mix it all together and see where we go. And it's by the director of Jackass. So it's not... When you put all that out on the table and you go, what kind of movie is this going to be? Is it a movie that's just supposed to be a celebration of Motley Crue uh, compared to something, a deep dive into them? No. You kind of look at it, look at the facts, and you know what you're going in for. And Mm. that's all it is. It's just a celebration of Motley Crue, their music, and a, a certain time period in... Uh, the music industry in America and stuff, I, I suppose, uh, that, yeah. I, I don't know, like some people may get sick of, some people may not have a, a love for 
that that type of music, that time period and and stuff, I guess, and may not get anything out of it. But I'm like, yeah, I and it's got some really great performances. As much as I hate to say this, but Machine Gun Kelly plays fucking um, uh, Tommy Lee in it, right? The rapper. He is really good somehow. I I don't understand. (laughs) I really do not understand how he's as good as he is as Tommy Lee in this. Uh, Douglas Booth, who plays Nicky Six, was also quite good. Uh, Daniel Weber, who plays Vince Neil, is quite good. Um, And then Iwan uh, Rowan, who is probably the most known actor in it, of course, from uh, Game of Thrones and a bunch of misfits and and stuff like that. He plays Mick Mars. And I think the, the most... The biggest thing I got coming out of this, as someone who's read several Motley Crue books and, and, and stuff throughout the years, is by the end of it, I kind of had a better idea about the type of person Mick Mars is compared to having read more about him. Because they, they do show him in the light of... Well, he's always been the quiet one. He would sit in interviews in the back. He wouldn't say fucking anything and whatever else. And they co- they kind of cover that in the movie to a degree. But they also explain like his medical history a bit. Like how, how he's this older dude. He's this, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they, they make fun of his age and these sorts of things, but he's also quite good. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. It's like, it's, I think I gave it like a six on tracked, like looking at it as a film, but then enjoyment factor, I'd probably give it like an eight as a fan of Motley Crue, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I think it's fine if you don't set your expectations too high going into mm-hmm. it. Just put it on. Listen to music, have, have fun. It's from the second yeah. that movie starts, you you will understand what you're in for. In for, for within the first five minutes, the movie fucking opens in a scene. Well, I'm just gonna explain it. This is this is as bad as it starts. The camera's going in. It's like, yeah, man, fucking rock and roll. We used to have people come down to our hands, uh, house people breaking into our, our car, uh, cops breaking down our door all the time. Blah blah blah. And it comes in. And it's like voiceover happening. And it's like that dude right there is Tommy Lee, and he's like. And then you hear him say, this is what I'm going to do, man. It's all like one camera tracking shot and there's a big party happening. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. So he just like jumps down and he starts fucking going down on the scale in the middle of this party. And then the camera like moves in down it goes into another room and fucking Vince is in there fucking some girl. And he's like, and this is Vince. He's the lead singer. He's pretty cool right now. Look at him fucking. But he's not looking at how hot that girl is. He's looking at how good he looks on that poster on the wall. And it shows a poster. <laughs> goes into another, another room. This is Mick. And then the girl comes in. She's like, are you with the band? He's like, what band? Mix an alien. And then the like, camera comes out of the room, <laughs> comes back to, um, I think it's like shows Nikki doing something, I can't remember. And then the camera all pans out and then you hear Tommy go, look, look, it's about to happen. And this fucking girl just squirts all over the room everywhere and then it comes up the dirt. <laughs> yeah, that's the opening of the movie. And it's like, you kind of know what you're, you're, you're in for, for, for from then. Yeah. Cool. The question everybody wants to know, The Dirt or Bohemian Rhapsody? I would watch The Dirt again. I, it was more entertaining. Interesting. Uh, so you and I both watched Triple Frontier, the action movie that's action drama. I don't know. Is it an action thriller? Thrill, I guess. I guess it's a thriller towards the end. I guess starring Oscar Isaacs, Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, Charlie Hunnam, and the guy from Tron Legacy. <laughs> that's the Garrett one. Headland? Like, uh, uh, Gareth Headland. Gareth Just... Just hearing, like, the caliber of the cast or the, the ensemble of the cast and the type of movie it is, is kind of like a more serious... My picture is a more serious take on The Expendables. Just, like... Not really. The ensemble cast and action. Like, just those melding. Mm, I'd say it's not, because although it's got this huge cast, 
unlike the Expendables, it doesn't make every time one of them shows up on screen a big, like, moment, you know? Like, they just come in naturally. It's not like, and here's Ben Affleck. Yeah, look at him. He's <laughs> fucking cool, man. You know, it's... I mean, it's an ensemble cast, for sure. Interesting yeah. cast. Uh, continue. What do you What do you think? Yeah, now? I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was terribly interesting. I think... I feel like the second half kind of let it down. Like, I was on board until... Um, till the helicopter crashes, and then it sort of went the way. It didn't do anything interesting or unpredictable, or it just kind of went the way you expected it to go. But I, I enjoy the build-up. I enjoyed them scouting out the place that they're going to try to hit. Uh, they're going to try and rob a South American warlord, Fictional I guess. Fictional drug lord. Uh, yeah, drug, drug lord. lord. Dr- yeah. yeah. Basically, the setup is Oscar Isaac. Like, they're all in army. Or they all were. were. Oscar Isaac's the only one who's currently still in some service of capacity. Also, the movie's very pro-army is another thing. Like, heavily pro-army, which was kind of... I find annoying somewhat in films when they they open with big monologues about... Yeah, fucking... I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Sure, you can make a ton of money as a uh, contract security person, but you should fight for your country. Yeah, it's very much like... Yeah, it's it's very heavy on that sort of stuff, which was a whole different thing. But um, moving past that, you get uh, Oscar Isaac, who's, who's still in it. He's like s- sick of not making enough money and like always losing bad guys or something. I don't know he's just fed up with. Sounds it. like Three Kings. Hey, sounds like Three Kings. I haven't watched uh, that, so so I can't really compare. Then Oscar Isaac's like, I've found the location of this big drug lord. I'm not going to give up his position to the authorities. What I'm going to do is going to get my buddies and I'm going to convince them to rob this place by ourselves, which is what they eventually end up doing it for. So he gets Ben Affleck, who was the captain of their unit, I believe is yep. kind of how it was. Like he was the captain of their unit. He's, so Ben Affleck needs to come in. He needs to lead them. Oscar Isaac's there. Charlie R. Hunnam comes in. Hunnam's actually pretty good in this movie, I thought. Yeah, he's pretty good. Garrett. Headland and Pedro Pascal. They're, I mean, they're all enjoyable actors to watch interact and be big, uh, big old tough men on screen with. So if that's an aspect that it's got going for it, I suppose. Action-wise, it was fine. I don't think there was any particular standout set piece or anything like that. Um, it has like some beautiful shots in it, I guess. Several locales and stuff. The, the, helicopter the shot of was... them driving down that highway that's up from the jungle. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so it's got some cool shots and stuff, but I didn't think any of the when it, the actual action set pieces were anything super interesting. Towards the end of the film, it did do one thing I didn't actually think it would do that I found interesting, and that was a a cool scene to see play out, I guess. And by the end of it, I'm like, I think I kind of know what this movie's like message, I guess, is trying to be like very heavy, heavily handed about and stuff. But yeah, it wasn't like. Okay, that's all of a sudden the best action thriller of the year. I, f- I feel like it had a really good cast and it, like the caliber of the movie didn't live up to the caliber of the cast, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. It's not surprising that it's on Netflix. Even though Netflix <coughs> did give it a limited run, apparently, over in America. But. Well, apparently I looked into it up and it was one of those scripts that was circulating for ages of people being like, this script has to get, you know, one of those scripts that they're like, yeah. this, is, this is one. It needs this to get, made. get made. Yeah. And it did. Uh, so we got Queer Eye season 3 I believe we're still planning on to review discussion on season 3 but Dylan do you want to give your overall thoughts it's more Queer Eye it's I I 
find them hard to compare seasons, so it's like yeah. whatever. There's there's one episode I didn't like, the rest I was I was fine with. So probably I'd still say my my favorite season is probably the first one because I don't recall disliking a thing in the first one. And then the second season had an episode with a person I didn't like. This one has an episode where I'm like, I don't really, I don't really feel this. Get out of here! I don't really, don't know how I feel about you. Uh, but overall, you know, it's more queer eye. If you like queer eye, then yeah. you will enjoy the show. Hopefully, we get a season four later. They repeat like last year as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely more queer eye. It's still enjoyable. I didn't dislike anybody, so I'm keen to listen to our review discussion so I can find out which person Dylan didn't like. Uh, but I think the problem is there's no standout episodes this season. There's no like episodes you went, oh, mm. that's incredible. I, I feel like they can't, yeah, that's, I think different things were going to trigger different people to make them cry, where yes. last season there was like at least two episodes that made everybody ball their eyes out. Yeah. Because there's like, I know there was one ca- person in this who uh, had just lost his wife to like cancer and stuff. And he's, yeah. he's now like a, a single dad and, and stuff. It's like, that's probably going to hit home for a lot of people that, have gone through similar things, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Compared to me, which I'm like, it's sad, obviously, but it's not hitting the like ultimate 10 out of 10 feels breaking down kind of in tears constantly throughout the episode level. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But best, still the best feel good television you can watch on television or streaming yep. services. Yep. Uh, Dylan, you also watched two documentaries. Uh, let's start with Dirty John, The Dirty Truth. The real story so of the that- character that's in the Eric Banner. Yeah, yeah. so that, that Eric, Banner, uh, Eric Banner TV show just came out uh, on Netflix. And I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this show, but I'm intrigued by the, the thing, the, the setup. And then I saw it was a documentary. I'm like, okay, fuck the show. I'll watch the documentary. And then <laughs> I find out that the show and the documentary were both based on a podcast series. I'm like, why the fuck didn't I just listen to that instead? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're living in a world where there was a TV show and I assumed it was based on a documentary, but then found out, no, they were both based on a podcast. <laughs> the future, uh, man. Yeah, Everything's so, been based on podcasts. Yeah. Dirty John, Homecoming. I'm sure there's more coming in down the road. <laughs> Old Kevin Smith's movies. These Hit days. us up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like some dude who base. I don't really know how to describe him. He's not like a serial killer. He's like a serial... Um, Manipulator, I guess is the, the way to use it. He would like, uh, he, he was basically just a lifelong liar but, uh, and stuff. And he did some fucked up shit. And he was also a, a very big drug addict and he would do certain things to get drugs constantly and in and out. And But by the end of it, it's a fucked up story. And it kind of makes me want to watch a TV series to see how they pull off certain things. Because a lot of it, unless you watch the documentary, I, I swear if you was watching a TV show, you'd be like, this is made up. This wouldn't have happened, surely. But it did. So I might watch it still. I, I don't really know. The documentary itself wasn't very good, though. It was it was a um, very much a made-for-TV one. I don't know where it was aired exactly, but you could tell it was made for TV because sometimes the scene would fade out like it's going to an ad break. And then when it came back just a second later and it faded in, it would play like the last 10 seconds that you've already just watched. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They didn't edit that they out. They didn't edit Netflix. it out for the Netflix version or whatever. So they've literally just cut copied. They've done a copy pasta from the... the That's not the, a thing. They've done a copy pasta. It is 100% a thing. 
They found a copy pasta from the TV network, wherever it was at. But yeah, the, the quality wise was very much like some random ass TV home network doco. Cool. Uh, and then you also watched the Miami Show Band Massacre, the remastered version. And that was interesting. About some group I never heard of them before. Uh, that they reckon are the like uh, the Irish Beatles is what they were referred to or something. And they were quite popular apparently, but this is all what it revolves around is at like peak time where like Northern Ireland and the main Iron Irish people, whatever. I can't. I don't really know much about the history, but they're like having like a civil kind of war again. I guess amongst themselves, so there's like a group of people that want to stay with. Uh, that want to join the UK, of course. It's it's funny watching this now of Brexit all happening, of course, at, at the the same time because it's all kind of relevant. The same sort of arguments, like staying part of the United Kingdom or being own separate things, because apparently the 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 top part of Ireland is part of Britain, but then the the, the other part isn't part of the UK or something. Watching you butcher this geopolitics is very uh, entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's relevant because basically what happened was. The band is set up and they're killed amongst all of this. So they're, they're popular in both regions and, and sections of the place. And of course, they're touring around and doing a show. And they're, they're touring around. So they're leaving the north or something one night and they get pulled over by a bunch of army soldiers, which the, a couple of them are still alive uh, and they're doing interviews with them. And they're like, yeah, so it's not that abnormal to see soldiers standing around with guns and stuff. But so we just pulled over and we thought everything was going fine. And then one of them like walks up and then opens the back of their van. And then all of a sudden a fucking bomb goes off everywhere and the shit explodes. They get thrown in all sorts of directions and then shooting starts going off. And then only two, two of them of the five members or something survived. The rest of them got killed in this explosion or the shooting. And by the end of it, it's like this big, conspiracy theory where they were trying to the bomb wasn't supposed to go off they were trying to put the bomb in there uh, and set it up so the bomb would go off later and they were trying to make out like this really popular band which is uh, the whatever Miami whatever five was gonna set off this explosion and then everyone would think that they did it on purpose it was something like big conspiracy political type thing that still hasn't been completely uncovered it's interesting if you're into that sort of like out your, your own government's out to fuck with you type thing. But, and it was also like some band I'd never heard of, but was apparently really popular during the same times that the Beatles were, but not at worldwide, obviously. So it was interesting. It's only an hour. So it's not like you're, you're there forever. Cool. And then I also saw you watch the pilot of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So I, wa- <laughs> I put it up because I went to put on something that I could watch in the background the other day. I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll try out uh, Star Trek, see how it goes. Surely I could, I could watch that while I'm on my laptop. And then all of a sudden, fucking Klingon sharp, and then I'm, I'm having to read subtitles. I'm like, hey, this, is- <laughs> this is not the, the show I was looking for at all. So I enjoyed what I watched when I had to completely stop being on my laptop to pay attention to the show because it was a lot more. I, I, know, I don't know if it's silly for me to ex- have expected that show to be a little less. Uh, of wanting my attention than it actually needs, I guess. But when I completely got my attention, I watched it. I was intrigued. I will hopefully get back to it. But it's not on the I can watch this while doing other stuff list. It's on the I have to watch this and pay attention list. Yeah. Uh, I hope you do get back to it because I am now up to date on Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> yes, I saw on your thing you, that you was <laughs> up to date. I was like, oh my fucking God. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, 
it's interesting comparing this to the Orville, which is the other TV show running at the moment, which is similar. This is definitely more serialized. Uh, there's, I feel like there's a lot of two to three episode arcs throughout the first season. Uh, obviously, Michelle Yeoh plays in the pilot, the captain of the ship, but it focuses more on uh, Michael Burnham, who is Spock's foster brother. Oh, sister. Foster sister. <laughs> um, Got him. Who's been ra- a human raised on Vulcan. I think it's really interesting. I think they do some interesting things with the... I'm not re- I assume they do interesting things with the canon. They sort of explore the uh, Klingon US... The Starfleet War, I guess. Um, which I don't know. I, I, if I was the biggest Star Trek fan, I feel like that would be a huge, incredibly important thing. Um, <laughs> you could, Yeah, but you can definitely tell there was a change during the two seasons. The second season is a lot more... St- uh, feels like there's more episodic episodes, but then they've got that serialized through line throughout them. Uh, there's a clear plot, uh, story point uh, that's running through the whole season. Um, uh, it's something that they're all going through. Uh, and that's because Brian Fuller originally created the show with Alex Kurtzman. And then there was another... He left the show, I think, before they even started production or something to work on American Gods. <laughs> you watch Viewing Gods. Like, <laughs> the, How'd that work the, out for you, fucking... <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> yeah. So then they got a couple other showrunners. I think they did the rest of season one. They did the first episode of season two and they got fired because they got went over budget. And then I believe uh, Kurtzman's been running it since um, as showrunner. But yeah, interesting. I think I don't feel like any of the behind the scenes issues have detracted from it, but wish you could say the same for <laughs> other shows. Yeah. Um, has it made you want to check out more Star Trek? Not really. At all? I feel it's do, it's you don't want any in, kind of context for the stuff? I, I've watched the three Star Trek movies, so... <laughs> That's not canon to this. That is so. canon. I mean, it's in a different timeline. Alternate line, but... universe canon. Oh, my God. It's all one big canon. Oh, this is a prequel series, right? It's the the thing, so... Yeah. I, I've, I don't know if it's a big spoiler to say, but I did see on Twitter the other day that Spock's in the current, like, season yeah, two. Spock's so. in season two. It's not... Shocking that Michael Shock Burnham's horror. foster brother shows up in season two. Yeah, and they've got I am, beef. I'm shook right now. They've got yeah. beef, and it's it's fun. It is the actor playing Spock is pretty solid. I mean, especially that's kind of a prominent, such a big role now that's been played by I guess three people. So, mm. I think one thing about it that's that stood out was, and would probably continue is because it is a prequel thing. You're not going to have any big problems with kind of like they could reference and there could be cool things happening to do with the overall star trek lore but you don't need to know and it doesn't worry you know yeah it doesn't no it's like uh, you're just experiencing it it's fine yeah and also jason jason isaacs in this he's really good in the role that he plays for a few episodes for an extended period uh, i don't want to say too much because yeah but he's really good um yeah so that's everything we've watched Let's move into the news. Uh, the big news of the last 24 hours, TV space, is that Apple have finally announced their streaming service. It's called, very creatively, Apple TV+. Plus. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, it seems to be sort of tied into their new Apple TV app on the iPhone that's coming in May, I believe. That'll pretty much just put everything, video, TV, movies... All in one app. I don't know why. I prefer, I think, 
I guess it'll make it easier. I, I don't know the logic behind it. So does that it. mean like you can uh, access Netflix and stuff from this one app? Yes, that's what, what was my takeaway from it. So you can right. watch so it's kind of like, yeah, Netflix, and Amazon, folder. and then all yeah. list all the shows or whatever. And sort of, you can find yeah. it that way. I guess that's cool. Um, other than announcing the name and pretty much strolling out a bunch of people for all tiny segments, there wasn't a lot to this thing. It was part of a bigger showcase where they showed off uh, Apple's arcade streaming service thing. That's just a service. It's not a streaming thing, but... It's yeah. a service. Then they had the news magazine. Apple News Plus. Apple News Plus. I don't really care. Yes. I don't know Apple. It's a subscription <laughs> service. And then apparently you can get a credit card through Apple as well. So that was their yeah. other big news. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Spielberg came out, um, which is kind of a big deal, I guess, in the space, in the given his recent uh, rumors about his distaste for Netflix and streaming services. Yeah, I hope none of his shit on there gets fucking nominated for the Academy. <laughs> well, he is working on a TV show. An anthology TV show rebooting amazing stories, uh, talking about his history with he talked about his history with the magazine and how excited he is to bring it back to television. Uh, I think uh, Amazing Stories was like a light family version of uh, Twilight Zone, so some be interesting. But we've I got guess. Twilight Zone coming back. Fuck off, Spielberg. We've got John Peel now. We don't need you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, he didn't know when he started this project. Anyway, uh, then apparently Jennifer Anderson and uh, Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell came out to promote their show, The Morning Show, which uh, which is some um, like a morning show version of um, the newsroom, Thirty Rock, or something like that, or the newsroom. Yeah. Um, then Jessica Momoa and Alf- Alfrey Woodward came out to promote their sci-fi series called C which is about a futuristic world oh, in which everybody has lost a sense of sight. Yeah. Uh, directed by Stephen Knight, uh, who did Locke and the recent release Serenity, which is apparently bonkers. Uh, then Kamal Nunjani came out, talked about his project called Little America, which is like going to be a bunch of immigrant stories. Which sounds promising. Uh, being done by the guys behind... Or some of the people behind, uh, what's the NZ's Inzari show? Um, Masters of None. Master of None? Yeah, yeah that one. one uh, Big Bird came out apparently because they're doing some Muppet show called Helpsters. That will be about, apparently it's about teaching kids how to code. So that's interesting. Um, and then Sarah Bareilles came out with JJ Abrams and uh, she sang a song. The theme song of her show, which is about a young woman who has to find her voice as an artist and a person through music. Uh, and then Oprah came out. Because Oprah's, I think, she, well, she's their, probably their big get. Uh, she's going to be doing a bunch, bunch of document, couple of documentaries. Then she's going to be running a book club through the streaming service. And yeah, that was kind of the, that was all. They showed a sizzle reel of some of the projects they got. And then they had like a five minute video of all the filmmakers and stuff sort of talking about filmmaking. Uh, Dylan, as a person connoisseur of stuff, what'd you think? Is this, uh, is this something as, as Apple fanboy, the only Apple fanboy here, <laughs> <laughs> what'd you think? Um, I mean, it's one, it, I didn't like rock my world, but because it, it didn't really, ne- if I'd never seen anything about it and it just rocked up one day and it was like, here's some, here's Apple TV 
Plus, would you like to trial a subscription and check out some of these shows? I'd be like, okay. Like, it's going to happen either way. I've, yeah. I've already, I've, I've got a fucking iPhone. I've got an Apple TV. You know, I, there's no way I'm not going to check out some of these things. Um, but from what we saw, that one minute, two minute video that kind of shows footage from all of the, the stuff, none of it particularly stood out because you don't really get to see much of anything. It's just a montage of a bu- bunch of shows. You don't really get enough to gather anything particularly much about any of the shows. And then that five-minute, very long video with yeah. JJ and Spielberg and everyone else fucking yapping on. I was like, "Oh, just make it end. Just make it end." It I, feels like I that would it. have been better put at the start of the Oscars than it would have been here. You know, yes, at least I, I, at least there, yeah, you I, you know, you're patting yourself on the back about filmmaking. Yes, I think the biggest problem with that video is the the yapping on like about cinema and blah 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 blah. But because you know it's a product. Play, like it's, a, it's trying to sell you something it just all comes across ew no no thank you and you know what else it reminded me of the the project scorpio video they had a while ago you know the one with like uh at the end of the, the xbox conference where they, that kind of stuff yeah. they had all the game devs talking about all the potential oh, the device yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah it reminded me of that as well uh it's nick what do you think um I got a question. Can I access it without an Apple device? I don't they gave so. absolutely no information. I highly. They doubt said that. it's a thing, and that was it. Yeah, I don't see you being able to access it without an Apple device. No, <sighs> Pirate Bay here I come. But um, <laughs> yeah, I it was a thing. I that video was shit. I kept on fucking skipping through it just to <laughs> see if anything would be said that was worth listening to. Um. There was a few shows there I'd check out if I could access it, but I can't, so it's a kind of a moot point. But what in particular yeah, stood I mean, out? Uh, there was one there with uh, planes and stuff. In that little sizzle reel, <laughs> there there's was, one with a. Yeah, there was one there with a. There was one with a plane. <laughs> no, but it was like it, it was obviously a World War Two kind of. Yeah, they come crashing down because they'd pay forties. Yeah, but yeah, like. Yeah, I'd, it was a thing. Like, I don't need another streaming service in my life. No. Yeah, I, I think it's to- hard to compare these to the other ones, though. I I would say, I because because it's, I, the only reason I kind of stick this one in its own category is because it's attached to a device. I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every other streaming service that we've had so far is accessible on your phone at the bare minimum. I, you know. Yeah. Like, you have access to it. You can access it through the website and stuff. Well, hold on, hold on. No. Everyone will have access, I presume. You'll have to install... Uh, you'll have to install Apple... What's the fuck on your computer? Yeah, well, I'm not going to get uh, an Apple account, so I'm never going to Yeah, so you're never going to watch it either. But I th- I, I just, just, I just solved the question yeah. in my head. Yeah, everyone will be able to watch this stuff. You just have to Potentially, install yeah, iTunes. Potentially, you'll have to have an iTunes account or something. Yeah. ITunes and then download the app, and then you'll be able to watch all this stuff through the app. Like if you just install, well, they are putting it on a bunch of TVs as well. Apparently, they're putting it in a bunch of Samsung, yeah, Sony, yeah smart TVs and stuff. Smart TVs, yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the other series that sort of stood out at me on this list: uh, the series called "Are You Sleeping?" where uh, Octavia Spencer stars as a true crime podcaster who reopens a cold murder case in a crime drama, executive produced by Reese Witherspoon. Uh, there's an animated musical comedy from Lauren Bucard, creator of Bob's Burgers, as well as Josh Gad and Norrie Smith. Uh, 
TV series called Dickinson, a coming-of-age series about the poet Emily Dickinson, starring Haley Steinfeld, Steinfeld, which is sort of the, uh, the period piece you saw throughout the, the scissor reel, the sort of acting modern-day-ish, I guess. Uh, For All Mankind, a space race science fiction series from Ronald D. Moore, who created the acclaimed reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there's also adaptations of books like Foundation, uh, Pachinko, and Shantaram. Uh, there's the Time Bandits reboot by being written and uh, directed by Taika Waititi. So there's a bunch of different things that are kind of, as if you look on them at paper, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. But until we actually sh- they show us something that makes us think, yeah, that's cool, I'm not going to get excited, I don't think. And it's definitely not something I think I need at the moment. It'll be interesting to see if they keep the calibre of, like, like people they're collaborating with up after the initial mm-hmm. run is done. Yeah. As well. Well, it completely depends if it's successful or not. Oh, this is true. How much do you think they need to charge for this kind of service? I think I said it's going to be 10 it- bucks. Well, everything is it else at that conference just was original ten stuff. I don't know if there's going to be anything else. From what I gathered, it's just uh, from all we know at the moment, at least, it's all they've talked about is access to original content. If it's just original content, I feel like they'd have to put out a decent amount for it to be worth it for a lot of people. I think. But you get like Oprah once a on. month with a book club. <laughs> I don't know. Nick like- just shrugged. I don't read books that quick. <laughs> I think for te- if it's 10 bucks a month and there's one series, if there's like two to three series or something dropping a month and at least one of those interests you, at 10 bucks a month, I think it's fine. Like, because then it's 10 bucks for a show a month. And if, if you are interested, obviously 10 bucks. Yeah, I want to watch that. 10 bucks. I want to watch those. And as, as long as you don't have to lock it in, I have no problems because then I could sign up for 10 bucks, watch what I want, turn it off, come back three months later. You know, that's my golden rule for all these streaming services. And the one thing they have to continue doing that makes them different to having a cable network or something like that, your Foxtels and stuff, is they all have to just be month by month subscriptions. Don't fucking make anyone lock in something for 12, 24 months or anything. I have no problem if they're just, you can sign in and out whenever you want. I think that's the golden rule. I think that's fine for a conscious consumer like us, but how many people are out there, like, my parents would look at it as a value proposition of, say, like, I could have a Netflix for 10 bucks, or I could have this Apple thing for 10 bucks. I'm getting more value for money for this Netflix thing. I don't want this Apple thing where it's only got a handful of shows on it. Mm. Like, there are a lot more people out there like that than you and I yeah. as well. Oh, I get it. A lot of people will comp- compare them, like, the one ring to rule them all. Which one do I get? There can only yeah. be one. No one looks at them as like things you play constantly of uh this one this month that one next month these two this month i'll get rid of that one the month after yeah everyone does this thing of like it's a constant thing and we do this for everything not just streaming apps of there has to be one good one that's the only one we want to pay for and the rest of them can fucking burn in a fire but i do believe because i see a lot of people complaining especially americans with the mass streaming services and stuff like and that kind of is getting to a ridiculous degree I, I do agree. We, when we constantly, it, we, it ended up being to the cable where you got to have yes, you're having like six or seven different subscription services. That adds up to seventy yeah. bucks a month, which but, you were paying with for cable anyway. My thing with that is, 
although there could be one miraculous month where you're paying for several streaming services, I don't think you really should be ever at that case unless there's really no. so many amazing things on at once. If you really are efficient at cancelling things and getting rid of them when you don't need them, which I, I'm not to a degree. Like I probably should cancel mm, stand yep. at the moment, but I'm honestly just lazy and, and whatever. If I want an extra 10 bucks a month, whatever. But then I, I'm like, uh, too much effort and they are Australian. Maybe I'll just keep supporting them because they're the Australian one and they do make Australian original content. Whatever. That's my excuse for not cancelling stand. But like it, that's how these services are supposed to be played and that's how I think they will thrive and that's why I don't really have too many problems with, hey, we've got Disney coming. Hey, we've got a fucking Apple one coming, whatever. As long as they've got the quality in shows there and at a certain kind of continuous level, then I have no problem. Like if Apple comes out and it's like, hey, here's four exclusive shows now and then next month we've got nothing, right? I'll be like, why wouldn't I unsubscribe next month? Like I'll watch all four of your shows the first month it drops and then I'll fucking unsubscribe. Why would I hang around? There's literally no reason for me to. I reckon I can see them envisioning a future where they include it in a package, Apple Music kind of package with as well. all their That'd other services. That'd be smart. If, if you get, if they if did you that, get that Apple News, you? if you get the gaming thing, if you get the Apple TV, and then you pay yeah. for it all with your Apple credit card, credit card, yeah, you get, you get it, and you get it cheaper. Yeah, exactly. You get three yeah. percent off. If would it tempt you to move from Spotify to do a package deal, kind of like that? Uh no, I wouldn't move from Spotify, but if I could look at the... If, if for instance, Apple News was the thing I wanted, which I don't think it is, but let's say it is. If Apple News was the thing I wanted, if the Apple Gaming thing is the thing I end up wanting, and the Apple TV thing is the thing I end up wanting, and I can still look at those and go, well, even though I'm not using one of these surfaces, uh, services, I'm still working out on top by paying the all-in-one thing, then yeah, like I'd look into it. But I, I'm never going to move from Spotify to Apple because Spotify is easier on my PC, it's easier on my laptop, it's easier on my phone, it's easier to, I can fucking hook it up to my PlayStation, you know what I mean? Like, Spotify, the reason I use it is because it's the easiest service to hook up with so many devices, so you, it, sorry Apple, you're not getting me off Spotify, you can't win there. You, you may get me on other services, but not that one. Yep. It's interesting, yeah. I guess, Tom, we definitely need to see some actual footage of the programs they're going to be putting out. So I just need it to come yeah. out and I... <laughs> So many of these things we fucking talk about, like Disney and whatever else, and it's always like theorizing, theorizing, theorizing. Yeah. Of course, we have the same. We have the same conversation, conversation pretty much over and over to to a, to a degree. Which I mean, they just keep announcing things, but it's like just fucking put it out. Let me play around, see what I think about your UI. Let me watch your shows. Let me let's let it roll around to next month at least, or something. You know, let let's get first impressions, and then we'll come back a month later and go, okay. Here's what they're dropping this month. What do you think about the service now? And I can be like, well, hmm. they had a really strong first month. Launch month was great. This month, they've got fucking nothing coming out. The service, the UI still sluggy, runs like shit. So I'd say the service at the moment is not worth it. You know, that's when we can kind of start reviewing these services yeah. a bit more. Cool. Uh, moving on. Uh, Disney's two-year struggle to pick up 21st Century Fox has finally concluded... Uh, with the deal coming t- completed to the tune of $71.3 billion. Uh, all the key. Money. Yeah, what does it The worst co- thing about this is Rupert Murdoch's getting all that money. Yeah, that is the weird. That's the sad thing. 
Uh, and he's still keeping Fox News. So, you know. Uh, yeah, so the long-standing deal for the Disney company sees it acquire key assets, including the 21st century Fox and film TV studio, Fox Entertainment Cable Networks, and its international assets. Um, long time coming. Uh, unfortunately, apparently 4,000 people have lost their jobs. Uh, the staff cuts are hitting employees at the SVP, EVP, and presidential level senior staff is expected to be among the first impacted however the cuts will be deep with the axe falling hardest on fox's film team there could be as many as four thousand jobs cut in the merger um then they get hired by disney yeah disney appears to be notifying staff at the film studio department by department some employees are being told that they can be kept for a transition period either three to six months it's all says it's not clear how many will stay on with disney permanently uh apparently some a lot of the severances are for one to two years which isn't too bad. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the other big news coming straight out of the merger is that the Fox 2000 label is being shut down. The indie label. Yeah, it's the the indie label sort of giving mid-tier movies, films like Hidden Figures, Fault in Our Stars, Devil Wears Prada, uh, Life is Pi, Chronicles of Nadia. Uh, more recently, films like uh, Love Simon, um, yeah. So that that's kind of a big hit for I guess the mid range sort of level of films. Um, but I guess it, the writing was kinder on the wall for that as soon as the studio was kind of put up for sale. Um, because Disney doesn't really need that kind of film, and even if they the Fox has been bought by Comcast, apparently, uh. They've got Universal and they've got Focus Features, which sort of yeah. does the same thing. So It was dead either way. It was kind of dead either way. Although they said previously that the uh, head um, head person there was going to be kept on, so that everybody thought that they were going to keep uh, Fox 2000 running. But definitely do- is kind of sad. But then again, in the era of Netflix and streaming services, do you need that kind of level of film or that should we just expect those films to go? We've got A24. Yeah, I guess. There's but they're not label. making a Love Simon. They've kind of they're mm, they're mixing up what they're making a bit more these days. Uh, I, I was going to say they're more genre think based, but maybe I'm thinking more. Now they have opportunity to expand. Mm. I guess with every closing door, there's a new window, <laughs> a window open. open. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if a bunch of smaller studios sort of pop up in the wake of this. I guess. I didn't miss back in the companies. day. Like we don't have we don't have Miramax anymore or anything, you know, like all these kind of indie things, of course. Um yeah. as for the like that I saw a lot of people online be like, this is shit. This is why Disney should have brought them. Blah 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 blah. A lot of this stuff was gonna happen no matter what. Like Comcast buys them, it could have been worse. So it's it's kind of I'm looking at the situation and you see, yeah, all these 2,000 plus people lose their jobs, blah, 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 blah. And then you, you read about what the severance packages are, like how some of them being allowed to stay on, for, as you said, three to six months, et cetera, et cetera. Overall, I think that's a very good, like they're being very good about it, I think. Like I understand they're losing jobs, but as far as it goes to losing jobs, it's the probably the very good losing jobs. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a bad losing jobs story. We're not talking about people being chucked out of the, the office as soon as Disney brought it. Disney, like Mickey Mouse didn't stroll in and go, ha ha, fuckers, get out of here. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, and 
I also saw a lot of stories of people saying if Comcast got it, you know, rightfully pointing out this shit could have gone a lot worse. We don't really know. So everyone's p- playing Disney as the bad guy and I understand there's arguments being made. And I agree to some point about Disney just owning fucking too much is, is bad. I, I 100% yep. agree, agree with that. But at the same time, Fox was kind of going somewhere, somewhere. Uh, anyway, it was going to happen. They were trying to, yeah. get, if Comcast buys them, it could have gone a lot worse, right? So I'm kind of looking at the way it's going down. I'm reading the stories, severance packages, people being left on. You know, it seems like it's a transitional period that's happening as yeah. good as it can kind of go. I'm not angry about it. Which is surprising because you're the one who normally gets angry about this kind of stuff. Yeah, but I but I feel like it's I feel like it's going. He's been doing right, done properly. I feel yeah, I feel like it's been done properly. And of course, like we talked about like gaming studios on Arcade Couch, our other show, and that was when we was talking about stories where people weren't. This wasn't being handled correctly. Whereas I feel like this is where it is being handled correctly. You know, there, there is a line of these things happen and they have to be handled in a proper way. And I think if that's this is kind of how it's going to happen. You know, so I, I'm not angry about it. I think it's as good as it can kind of get when it comes to big business takeovers and, and such thing. Um, uh, uh, once the takeovers happened, I was in like a weird feeling because it was, it's like a evil and night, you know, two devils shoulder thing, angel devil sh- shoulder thing. Cause I'm like, I'm happy that they've got the X-Men back and all these, these characters, right? I'm happy that Marvel gets all their characters back. I, I wanted that. Except like that's technically. I, I, and any of the spider characters. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing because they were there. They, they belong there. They're their characters. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. I don't feel so good about them owning the rest of the shit they got as well, though. You know, like that's, that's where my... <laughs> Alien, Predator, all... Yeah, all these sorts of things. If you go onto WaltDisneyCompany.com, I think is the website. Like, that, that's their uh, corporate website. It has a banner on the front there and they had it changed within the first couple of hours of the deal being over and done with. And the banner's been changed. It has like fucking Avatar in it, The Simpsons and all these other things like uh, Donald Glover from Atlanta is in there because they got FX or whatever as well. So it's like this weird ass fucking banner combined with Captain Marvel and Disney movies, animated stuff that's happening. And it, just looking at it, you're like, it's happened. Like, it's one of those things I couldn't believe. Like, you're reading the news stories. I'm like, yeah, we've been talking about it for so long that I was kind of numb to yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, it's happened. Yeah, we've been talking about it for years at this point, surely. But it wasn't until I went on that website and saw the banner that I was like, oh, fuck. It's it's a new world. <laughs> it's a new world out there. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a, It was only, like, a decade ago that they bought Marvel, and that was kind of a huge jump Yeah, forward. Obviously, then they bought Star Wars and... uh and ESPN and whatever the fuck else along the way. Well, do we ESPN. think? Do we think that? Oh yeah, they have 20, 20 century Fox is like gone. Like we'll never see that title card ever again on a uh, new project. I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like they will use that for certain things, but or maybe for like TV what. sort of things. Because it with when they bought Lucasfilm, it went changed to Disney, didn't it? Well, well. Disney brought Star Wars, yeah. so they changed the logo, obviously, because they couldn't. They wasn't gonna. That's Wait, why. Wasn't 20th Century Fox the guys who had the rights to Star Wars? They have the yeah. publishing rights to the. They, own, they to did the it originally. Three. That's why, original. we, yeah. like, there yeah. was that whole thing where people got mad because when they re-released the Blu-rays and stuff, it didn't have the. Duh, 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 duh. 
and then of course, dun, dun, you know, like the, it was twenty, yeah. it was the twentieth century Fox fanfare leading into the opening Star Wars song for such a long time. That's kind of what people were aware of, and that's why it was really weird watching Episode Nine, um, Episode Seven in the cinema, where sitting there, I was like, "What's going to happen? Does it just start? Does it just like? Does it just come up a long time ago in a galaxy far away, and then the movie just starts?" And that's exactly what happened, and it's kind of what I'm used to now. But at the time, I was like, "This is weird," like because you're so used to this build up, or I was so used to the build up from watching all those movies as a as a kid and stuff. So that was weird. But f- for the label. I think they'll be using it for sure because it's like they've got Avatar. James Cameron's putting those movies out eventually, I suppose. They're not going to put them out under the Disney banner now. They'll still put them out under the 20th Century Fox label, I suppose. You know? Along with other things like that is what I'd guess. Like another alien movie comes out, they're going to put it under the... the <laughs> it comes up with the Disney castle. Like, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> the alien movie. So I, I feel like there's stuff there that warrants that label still it's it's apart from their mcu label their disney label so yeah talking about streaming services uh netflix canceled the much beloved cult hit tv show uh one day at a time uh which was a sort of family sitcom drama around a latino family um which caused much uproar on the over the internet over twitter after its cancellation um and in the fallout, there's been the uh, deadlines done a report where they sort of looked into a few more of Netflix business practices uh, because people have been looking for a new place for the show to come back. But apparently written to almost every single deal that they do with any outside uh, TV series, they have a stipulation that says they can't jump to another uh, site or service for another two years. Which is why a lot of the Marvel shows are not being picked up straight away, and we haven't seen American Vandal be picked up anywhere yet. Um, there apparently seems to be a loophole for one day at a time, where it's only limited to any streaming service. So it seems like the door is open for any traditional broadcasting network or cable network to pick the show up. Uh, so like your ABC, Fox, CBS, TBS, something like that can pick it up. So I'm assuming neither of you watch the show. <laughs> No, never even heard of it. No. I did see the uproar, though. Yeah. Um, But the more interesting thing is it it sort of shone more of a light on Netflix's business practices. Uh, It's widely known that Netflix employs a cost-plus model, offering to pay upfront a show's show's production costs plus a premium of 30-plus percent of the costs. Even after Netflix subtracts a distribution fee, outside studios are at break-even or in a positive territory from day one versus having to to deficit finances series for the first few seasons on more traditional networks in exchange for the upfront payments outside studios are given up, give up the potential upside that normally comes with owing a long-running successful series, including off-network and international sales. Instead of getting a big payout from these type of sales later in a show's life, these shows receive bonuses from Netflix after each season. Shows from outside studios reportedly cost about 20% more than Netflix uh, produced shows and while these bonuses don't hit extreme heights they will jump with each successive season the bonuses for in-house Netflix originals can skyrocket from a range in the hundreds of thousands of dollars all the way up to millions of dollars after a third season uh, so it shouldn't come as a surprise that a lot of these shows get cancelled after their third season uh, shows like Love Bloodline Hemlock Groove uh 
the only real shows that have lasted longer than three seasons uh, have been Unbreak that aren't original Netflix shows are Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, Fuller House, and The Ranch. Even Narcos was technically wrapped up after three seasons and then rebranded as a brand new show, I guess, under a new deal. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's an interesting look at the their sort of thought process. Uh, they also factor in that a lot of shows don't get new viewers into them once they hit their third or fourth seasons. Um, because obviously there's so many episodes, people, it's just too much of a mountain to climb. So then they'd rather cancel it and then try and create something new that people... Draw a bunch I, of people in. It's it makes sense. Yeah. Most of the time, shows are more interesting when they're just coming out, and then people yeah. try them out, and that's when they're most buzzworthy, I suppose. Yeah. So I get it from business point. Yeah, I don't feel like this is anything bad, to be honest. Like you, they know full well what they're getting into when they sign the contract to begin with. Like it's not yeah. like it's brought up like. Oh, by the way, this is part yeah. of the contract now. But yeah, the, it's just part of doing business in the industry, I guess. Yeah. If you want to be on Netflix, this is the way that they do business. Yeah. Very interesting, though. Just see the third process and why certain yeah, well, shows. They, they, because they, 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 the, be- they don't show any numbers, which is the most frustrating no. thing about everything. This is why Nailed Sorry. It got its holiday season put into something else. Well, I think that's a Netflix produced show, so it would make a difference. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know the ins and outs, but yeah. Interesting. Um, so we've got some more information about the Dark Tower TV series. It's coming to Amazon, Nick. I know you're a huge fan of the movie starring Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. No? No. Not a fan? No, not at all. Um, so apparently they've cast uh, Roland the Gunslinger and the Man in Black. Roland the Gunslinger will be played by Sam Strike. Uh, who apparently has been in Leatherface, uh, Timeless, EastEnders, MI High. He looks very fresh-faced and born 1994, so, you know, young. Well, it's based, it, from what I've read, it's based off the Wizard and Glass novel, which is kind of like a backstory of Roland. A prequel, yeah, sort yeah. of story. Uh, and then the uh, Man in Black will be played by Jasper Payaken. Say that with the proper accent necessary. To no, thanks. I'm good. I just saw uh, it written. <laughs> uh, who's been in Vikings and was in Spike Lee's Black Klansman. So, uh, are you oh, excited? Yeah, I know this guy. What? I just I just saw the picture. I was like, I remember him from the movie now. It's yeah. hard to be excited anything Dark Tower related <laughs> adaptations after that movie, but I will watch it to check it out because how big of a fan I am of the books. Yeah. Do you think this is a good starting off point? The, obviously this is the fourth book in the series and then for it to be I like- don't know like, you can kind of read that book as a separate kind of thing which is kind of like a point of contention in the book readers kind of social circle I guess but yeah I mean I'll watch it it's it'll be a good jumping on jumping on point for people who are kind of interested or don't have much of a knowledge about it so Kind of like you start the story from the beginning. But it'll yeah. be interesting to see how they adapted, if they if they're collaborating with Stephen King directly or if they're just gonna like add kind of stuff not really part of the canon already. So it'll be interesting. Definitely. 
so we got some more news about the two All the Boys I Ever Loved and before sequel. Uh, we already knew that Lana, Lana Condor and Loa Siento uh, had uh, signed on to be in the next movie. Uh, now we've confirmed that uh, the rest of her family is going to be in this next film. Uh, but the big change is that they've uh, Susan Johnson, who directed the film, is being uh, is not going to be returning as director, and will be replaced by Michael Fimignari, Fimognari, who was the director of photography. Uh, which I think is it is good because uh, one of the best things I liked about that film was the cinematography. Yeah. Even if I realized I- it later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not forget that last time we brought this guy up, I pointed out that he did the cinematography for both To All the Boys I've Loved Before and the um the house Haunting of the, House Hill. Hill the Haunting house. of House Haunting of Hill House, yeah. So yeah. he knows how to work a camera. He knows he how does. to work a camera in both scary ways and um non scary ways. Hopefully season two of uh To All the Boys or t- the second film will have a very long end confusing one shot where they go up and down cranes and, and stuff. Back and forth through time. And- yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's... Uh, obviously, Susan Johnson has said she's leaving for because of time restraints and her schedules. She could, just couldn't make it work. Uh, but a few people I've seen online have been a bit upset that they've decided to replace another woman with a man. So a woman launch- launches a franchise and then gets replaced by a man. Obviously, Twilight was a similar thing. Where the first film was directed by a woman, and then the rest were directed by men. Yeah, I can't say I'm a fan. And like, 50, why? 50 Shades why, of Grey. Why couldn't we wait for her? Uh, why well, couldn't we I wait think, for her to be available? Yeah. What was the problem? Like, I don't know. I, I guess they want to get it out as soon as possible. You don't want that kid, that little sister, to age too much. If they want to, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem because obviously he was on board for the first film and has. Uh, has is part of the family in quotation marks but yeah i can see how it doesn't it's not a great look especially in the times we live in at the moment i mean like yeah i, I get what you're saying um like i'm not gonna be up in arms about it but it, it's still just like it's one of those things where anytime you read something that's like timing constraints i'm like what like how bad like did you just have to wait an extra six weeks? Did you have to wait an extra month? Like I don't like, know, because there's no information on what she's working on next. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm like, how, what? We, I need more information here. I just, why couldn't we wait? Why couldn't you just wait? Is it really that bad? I know. Maybe it's the acting schedules as well. I know. Mm. Because it, uh, it's not on the list, but that Noah guy has been looked at to be He-Man in the He-Man movie that they're looking no. to do. No, yeah, we, that's should a weird choice. That. we should cancel that. <laughs> it's an odd choice. Um, and then final news story. After 15 seasons, Supernatural, the CW TV show, uh, will be coming to an end. Um, I believe neither of you are fans of the show. The evil is vanquished finally from the earth. Scorched. I, I really enjoyed the show for the first five seasons. I enjoyed it yeah. for the first two seasons. Which was thirty fucking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously, it had I, a fan base. Like I don't disparage people for liking no. it. It just wasn't for me after that. No, yeah, uh, I definitely think it. Definitely, you saw there was def- a definitive endpoint after the season five, where it well, could have easily wrapped up. 
Well, the original showrunner had written a five-season arc, and that was meant to be the end point. But then, because of how successful it was, success, it was yeah. the studio, he he moved on, and they just kept on till it become the monster it is today. Yeah, and and to be fair, it's got a massive fan base. Every time I go oh, to a con, is. I see yeah. people dressed up as the characters, mostly because yeah. it's pretty simple to do. <laughs> You just put on a couple of jackets. And I think too, like the studio, I I can see a situation where the studio had sat down the two leads and go, look, you, let's be real here. You're not going to be big tier actors in properties the way that you want to be. This is kind of like your best chance at like prolonged, I guess, success and financial kind of security as well to keep it going. Yeah, I guess. There's a way to like coax them into continue doing the show. Yeah, probably. Because there those points there where they were going off and doing other kind Smaller. of... Yeah, other movies, like uh, other projects, like that My Bloody None Valentine. That, and, my Bud, yeah. Yeah, like... It's a massive And movie. let's face it, they weren't I'll have you know at all. that us true Supernatural fans remember Jensen Ackles from his role in Supernatural. I'm um, not... From <laughs> I think everyone knows <laughs> <laughs> for his role in Smallville, yep. and us true fans remember uh, Jared uh, Pencil, whatever his Pelecki. name is, Padalecki. Pe- yeah, yeah, that one from his hit role as the boyfriend in the Gilmore Girls. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Which goes back to last episode that without. Uh, Without uh, Smallville, we wouldn't have these shows. <laughs> yeah, I think without Smallville, the CW wouldn't be a, a thing. But um, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. This show has been really keeping that network surviving for fifteen years mm. until you know the superhero boom. Um, yeah, I, I I dropped off towards mid season ten, so I'd been with the show for a long time. Um, I also just popped in my mind, Jason. Jensen Ackles also voiced Red Hood in the the Under the Red Hood animated special. It was really good. Um, but yeah, for them to do this, playing the leading that show and being pretty much the only core cast of that show for like 15 years is pretty impressive. I can't think of many other shows that have a very Mash. slim cast. What show? Mash. <laughs> they, they had a much bigger ensemble cast. Not necessarily. That was like eight characters? Yeah. Yeah, they weren't throughout the whole thing, though. There's only, like, two or three characters were throughout the whole thing. Anyway. Uh, like Arrow, this is also getting a last season to wrap things up, so... It's good they're, like, giving us notice. It's having a crossover. Uh, maybe. There was always talk of a cross... Oh, uh, imagination. Although they... they, I think I've read places they would have preferred to have a crossover with the Vampire Diaries. And then, you know, wipe them all out. That we can finally cool. get Misha Collins off to do something else. Yeah. And use his talents better. <laughs> I think uh, I read that they were going to get Jeffrey Dean Morgan back for a, He a was back. Font. Oh, he was? Because of oh, the okay. episode... Maybe that's what I read. 400 was dad, or something. wasn't he? Or something like that? Yeah, he, yeah, he was the he, 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 he launched his career, arguably. Excuse yeah. me? Well, that's where I knew him from. When yeah. he started no. appearing other things. No. I well, didn't say that is this. where he's most known from. That's where I knew him from. Okay, yeah. well... He, Everything oh. after that was smaller roles. <laughs> mm. mm. Alright. So that's the end of the news. I did want to ask one more question of you guys. So in the past fortnight, we got the Toy Story 4 trailer. Um, and Dylan sort of brought up a point that uh, the 
looking back at the first two movies, they're not as impressive or harder to go back to because obviously Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4 was look so incredible and so detailed and that sort of thing. Uh, so I want to ask, would you be against Pixar or any animation studio going back and remaking or remastering Toy Story or films of that ilk, 3D animated films of that era that could uh, possibly a bit harder to watch? Yes, because I don't trust them not to fuck up all the shit. But you, you're happy for them to go back and uh, redo Crash Bandicoot and Spyro video games. Mm. This is true. It is true, and I, I think there's. I think the difference is that they're just so, that. It's movie. I'm sitting back. I'm watching right, and and because these things like Toy Story have such uh, memories in, like my memories are them as a film sitting back key moments i know exactly what they look like blah 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 when it comes to something like crash right crash team raising as the example if i think about playing that game it's about the moment to moment gameplay and in my mind if i think about it it looks as good as they're remaking it now in my memories right because it's more about what i'm actually doing and i'm interacting with it because it's a it's a video game my memories and stuff is more associated to that. It's like, I remember when the Crash remake came out and I was like, I, when I actually saw of how bad it used to look compared to now, I'm like, holy shit. I thought it always looked a lot much, much better than that. But the thing about Toy Story, because it is, you know, it's a movie. You're sitting back, you're taking it all in. So I, I don't know. Plus movies have a bigger, they have a bad track record, of course, with the Star Wars films and stuff compared to games, yeah. which have a better track record with, remaking stuff and uprising stuff and here's a hd recollect like we've been getting hd recollections of games since the like the ps3 generation you know we've yep. just been getting these packages coming out pretty often now hd remaster hd remaster blah 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 whereas with movies remakes come out people scream no ghostbusters fuck they remaster they change things star wars no george lucas you fucked everything up like movies don't have a good track record when it comes to these sorts of ideas i guess i have nothing against them doing it as long as the version that they put out afterwards isn't the only version that you're able to watch yeah our last star wars yeah i i would i don't have a problem you don't have a problem i would definitely love to see a toy story version done pretty much shot for shot just animated with the same level of art and high detail that we see in the Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4. And I think if they re-release Toy Story with the updated graphics, they'd make a butt-ton of money. Yeah, that's a lot of effort. It is a lot of effort. But they have Disney money. They have Disney money. (laughs) They're putting it all into doing the live-action remakes, though, I suppose. How about a live-action Toy Story? Are we down for this? No. As long as it's stop-motion with actual toys. <laughs> you ever see that movie, uh, Toy Soldiers? Yes, yes. Like the, the like that the doesn't kids hold up. You mean Small Soldiers? Small Soldiers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Toy Soldiers is like the one of the adult. best movies ever made. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Yeah, uh, let, let's just have Toy Story like that though, like Small Soldiers. Yeah. No, that sounds like a terrible idea. Sounds amazing. Even that they should go back and do re- redo the CGI. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I right. should watch that. We should watch that movie. It's been a while. <laughs> I love that movie. Absolutely adore that movie. <laughs> All right. Seeing Thank as you. Nick oh, no. <laughs> said it wasn't going to happen, we haven't played it in a while. 
I'm just going to say screw you. And we're going to decide which would you ride the watch. Uh, this is a segment in which we go to flickchart.com. The site gives us two movies. Uh, we have to decide which one we'd rather watch. But if we haven't seen one or we haven't seen both, it goes into our list of shame, which is filled with a lot of movies that I haven't watched. Uh, are people <laughs> able to get a link to this to see our link of shame? They can. Uh, shame? Keep in mind that our top 20 list is not very accurate and uh, has not been refined very well because the top movie at the moment on that list is Scary Movie. So <laughs> You should do a hyperlink for this. Yeah, I'll put a look in the show notes below if you want to have Make a Make a hyperlink. We don't have it currently, but we'll explosionnetwork.com slash flickchart. Yeah. Sure. Done. Explosionnetwork.com slash flickchart. Just got to remember to put it in. All right. Yep. So the first two movies are School of Rock and Minority Report. School of Rock. I have not seen Minority Report. <sighs> Intriguing. Intriguing. All right. Then we have... School of Rock and Toy Story. You set this up. I, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I would say Toy Story as long as it's remastered. No, it, it would have to be Toy Story. Uh, School of Rock. Yeah, this is tough. Um, I yeah, need Jack Black I, doing ACDC. I can't. I, yeah, I probably School of Rock. No? Okay. I remember, you don't like animation, so... Next films are National Lampoon's Vacation and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Is National Vacation the one where they go to end up in Vegas? I am not sure. I'm looking that up now because I know I've seen a few of them, but I don't know yeah. which ones they are. Goblet of Fire. <laughs> I don't care for these Lampoon's movies much anymore these days. I don't think they hold up for me personally. Yeah, I'm just going to say Goblet of Fire. I'm pretty sure I've seen this. Yeah, I haven't seen National. That one. Okay. Haven't seen that one. All right. Matrix Revolutions, the third movie in the Matrix series. I think that's right. Yes. Yes. This is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I would say Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Harry Potter. I guess Harry Potter. <laughs> that's the one where it, it takes it up a notch. I think. No, it's not. It's the one before that. Prisoner, no, Prisoner of Azkaban's when they start going a bit darker. That's the one where. Twilight dude dies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, meet the parents versus American Pie. Uh, American Pie. Yeah, I'd say American Pie. Is Meet the Parents the first one? Meet the Parents mm. is the first one. Yes. Yeah. 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 Probably American Pie. Yeah. Then you've got Seminole Meet the Fuckers. It, meet the Parents is probably a better movie, but I think for our age group, American Pie is definitely a more prominent. I guess kind of yeah, prominent and yeah. Uh, next films are Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's uh, Stone use the for normal title, people. Please. Yeah, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone versus Ghostbusters 2. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, Ghostbusters 2 for me. He's all suck. <laughs> I prefer Ghostbusters 2 to the first one. First one's hard to watch. Oh, yep. Ew. Ew. You're nasty. <laughs> Get down to that sewer they spent half the movie in and stay there. <laughs> oh, well. The goo dances. It does, and then they got the Statue of Liberty at the, the end. The Ghostbusters re- uh, reboot is better than Ghostbusters 2. I take can't that. comment to that. Take, take that. 
maybe. Internet. Take that, internet dweebs. The next movies are Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Chronicles, and Hancock. I haven't seen Interview with the Vampire. I haven't seen Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Chronicles either. <laughs> That's really the title I forgot. <laughs> uh, the two movies are Children of Men and Hancock. It's Children of Men, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, Children of Men. I'd put that over quite a few movies. All right. So the next films are Jason Lives, P- Friday the 13th, Part 6, versus Ronan. I have not seen either of these films. Neither have I. Next two are Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, versus The Godfather, Part 2. Oh, you've seen The Godfather, Part 2? Yes, I've seen Godfather, Part 2. I've seen all the Godfathers. I've seen the, the video game. I would say Godfather Part 2. Yeah. I'd say Ace Ventura. Depends on the mood, I guess. Uh, next ones are National Treasure versus Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I haven't watched Hidden Dragon. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. National Treasure versus Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Anchorman. 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 Though, man. National Treasure. Uh, the Incredible Hulk... 2008 version starring Edward Norton versus Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace Episode 1 Yeah, I'd have to say Episode 1 Yeah, Episode 1, definitely Take that, internet dweebs Uh, 12 Angry Men versus Finding Nemo I haven't seen 12 Angry Men Neither have I I don't know if I have Uh, Finding Nemo versus Austin Powers and Goldmember I have to go Finding Nemo I'd watch yeah. Austin Powers. Nemo. Go Nemo. Continue evidence of his animation hate. <laughs> uh, Tropic Thunder versus Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump. Tropic Thunder. Uh, GoldenEye versus Sin City. Sin City. GoldenEye, 10 times out of 10. Nah, Sin City. GoldenEye for me was my first Bond movie and it's just <sighs> been like, my favourite ever since. Yeah, I might have to go with Nick on this one, Goldeneye. Because it, it, it's a live-action version of the video game. It's crazy. <laughs> Very The first successful video game adaptation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Back to the Future versus Final Destination. I haven't seen a Final Destination movie. I'm unsurprised. I know. Uh, Back to the Future versus Titanic. Back to the Future. We're all I'd probably watch future. Titanic, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I... I'm kind of met on Back to the Futures. Well, Back to the Futures kind of met on you too, right? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to go back. Marty. Uh, Ice Age versus the 1965 film Give Me a Complaints Book, which I'm pretty sure I've none of us have never heard of it. So, yeah. I'm surprised Ashley hasn't seen that one. Uh, Ice Age versus Puppet Master 2. Have I haven't seen, seen Puppet that? Master 2. I haven't seen Puppet Master 1 either. Uh, Ice Age versus Shrek the Third Shrek I hate Ice Age movies I don't know if I've seen the third one But I would still rather watch Shrek over it Yeah, but you haven't seen it Uh, Ice Age versus Liar 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 Liar. Easy one And our last one The Born Identity versus True Lies True fucking lies, mate (laughs) 
<laughs> anyone says one. anything other words, they're off the show. That's a hard one. Oh, ah, yeah. That's the Bourne Identity Schwarzenegger's sort of changed and- action movies for the next however many years. 15 like to yeah. 17 years. I feel like they're both important films in their own regard. Yeah. Which one would I rather uh, Does Born Identity have Bill Paxton pissing himself? Which one would I rather watch? And as it says on the screen right now, you got to pick one. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, oh, fuck it. I've got Born Identity. We're going True Sorry. Lies. Thank you, Ashley. That, that <laughs> little bit of fun. All Jordan right, that's been... Dirty. Which would you rather watch? Another enthralling installment. Uh, but now we need to move into what did we end up watching? Nick, what did we end up watching? 13. <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> this Halloween. You're wasting your time. It's all sealed up. The only thing worse than being trapped in a house with a ghost. This house is not a house. We're in the middle of a machine. Powered by the dead. Is being trapped in a house with 13 ghosts. Maggie! What? We got company. Where? I can't see. How close is it? Close enough to hurt you. Go, 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 go! Yes, 13 Ghosts, the 2001 Canadian-American supernatural horror film directed by Steve Beck. Not 13, the 2003 American independent drama directed by Catherine Hardwick, uh, starring Evan Rachel Wood, Holly Hunter, and uh, Nikki Reed. I wish we watched that. <laughs> yeah, which is the movie that Nick told us we were going to watch, but then <laughs> realized it wasn't called that. <laughs> Funnily enough, I didn't realise until I looked some information up about it. It's actually a remake. A remake. Yeah. It is. I had no yes. idea. It's a remake of a 1960 f- film called 13 Ghosts also, but 13 with the actual number. This one's with the uh, word 13, but then with uh, the, the- number 13 in there. The T and the I <laughs> replaced with an uh, one and a three, which kind of sets the tone for this film. Uh Nick, why'd you pick this film? Because I remember watching it quite a lot on my UMD, on my PSP. (laughs) Yeah. And enjoying it quite a lot. And I wanted wanted to re-watch it, but I also wanted to subject you two to it. Okay. Dylan, what are your thoughts on this film? This is the worst fucking movie we've watched on this podcast so far. (laughs) (laughs) The worst movie. And we've watched a few crappy things. We've watched a few crappy things, but this is the worst. This takes the bucket. I fell asleep in this fucking movie. (laughs) Did you at least go back and watch from where you fell asleep? Fuck no, I didn't care. (laughs) You missed clear, crucial plot points that might have changed I fell asleep for like 10 minutes. I I woke up. You just need to subject yourself to it again. They're running running for a corridor at one stage. What's his face from Shaggy's overacting? And then I, I fall asleep for like 10 minutes. I Matthew watch, Lillard Shaggy's, is in this film. Shaggy's still overacting. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so bad. Does, does we should explain what it is. It's, here's the synopsis. When Cyrus Criscos, a very rich collector of unique things, dies. <laughs> unique things, dies. He leaves it all to his nephew and his family. 
all including his house, his fortune, and his malicious collection of ghosts. Yes, this movie is about a guy who collects ghosts. That's right. That's the thing that happens. And then he puts them all into a glass house of emotion. <laughs> and he lives on. He lives, sleeps on top of that glass house of emotion. And then one day, Tony Shalob's family is like, hey, your uncle's dead. You've got the house now. And they show up there and it's the weirdest looking, creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And they're like, this seems cool. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. This is the coolest house I've ever seen. I really want to live here. <laughs> With all this fucking creepy writing all over the place and sliding doors. They don't have any handles or anything. Yeah, and then Shaggy turns up. He was a ghost uh, protector. He's pretending to be. He was a ghost hunter and psychic. He knew the uncle guy. Yeah, and and he's constantly being like, well, you just fucking eating at the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know I can make acts? I was in Scream, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, this is easily the dumbest movie we've watched. The stupidest yep. movie. I don't know if it's the worst. I mean, no, that, uh, that, that's uh, the, that a field in England is right up there. But at least well, you know, a field I, in England I, was I, attempting to do something. You know, I didn't hate field in England, so yeah. my bar is definitely like I, I was. This 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 sh- went through my floor and shot to the oh, bottom man. of the ground. This film. This is yeah. bad. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Can I say something? It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I really enjoy it for some reason. I don't know why. I don't, oh, I don't what? You still enjoy it? I don't yeah, see the the, the the acting wasn't. It's definitely a case of exquisite acting, but I just really like the set design. I think from a that is the one good point of this film, and that I did like incredible. the design of the ghosts and stuff too. Yeah, they're a little generic. Uh, but that I guess that was kind of the point. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that they actually built that was pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. I met just filming that would have been a pain in the ass. Like, yeah. With all those glass mirrors and trying to figure out where everything is set. Although, to be fair, they could have been anywhere. I didn't know where they were at any point of time in respect to anybody else. There was no and continuity it, at all. It's quite odd that it was all glass and they couldn't see each other through it. Also. They, at the start, they're like, yeah, so you know, this glass, it's fucking soundproof, right? You can't hear anyone through it. Ten minutes after that scene, someone gets locked into a different room, and then they're outside talking to him through the glass. <laughs> 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 I was like, how do you write this, How do you write a script and set up, like, rules for your movie, and then turn the page, and then be like, yeah, and then they're standing outside the glass, and they say <laughs> this fucking line. I, I believe like, the director's only directed two movies as well, this and Ghost Ship. Well, Ghost yes. Ship I watched, uh, I have watched, and it only stands out from that one scene at right at the start of the movie where everyone gets cut in half by a fucking giant razor beam wire that goes through them. So, and someone gets cut in half in this movie. It's true. This is true. I don't know how that worked out when it happened, but it's the thing that happened. The door closed uh, on him. I also think it's really weird that they he is financially insecure and doesn't seem to have any money, and then it looks like they're going to lose a home, but somehow they have enough money to pay for a nanny. I just feel like they threw her in because they needed a black character in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. That's what it was. I mean, yeah, it, it is weird that they're like, well, I'm so fucking poor. I can pay for this nanny or whatever. Yeah, I agree. It's very weird. Well, they need but, to pay her uh, to look after the kids while he's at work. I was going to say, I gave this a two on track, right? And the only reason I gave it a two, not a one, is because the production design is at least uh, an interesting aspect and has effort gone into it. Other than that, it's trash. The only other movie I've gave a two to on this show 
was I gave Emo the musical a two, and I would put this below that on the two scale. So that's what, that's what I'm comparing <laughs> it to. Emo the musical was my lowest ranked What Do You Want to Watch movie. This is now tied for it, but I would still put it below it. I just want everyone to know, in case they look up Dylan's rankings, it's like, well, he gave that a two. Maybe he thinks this one's better. No, clarification, this is worse than Emo the musical. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it was interesting, the kill with the... the- Lawyer guy. Mm. I don't know if that's inadequately correct or if that's physically possible. I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's really sharp glass. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a, a, a health and safety hazard to have glass doors that that are that sharp. You'd look like if they cared about that when he was building a house to trap ghosts to eventually release and murder people. Yeah. Yeah. Also, then- what was his big plan? I I still don't really understand. It was meant to, I don't know, after something happened, a spell or something that was supposed to open an Portal eye to hell. hell. Yeah. yeah. That's it all I got. Give him, like, so you can see the past. The house is a machine powered by captive ghosts that allow the, its user to see the past, present, and future. And apparently Tony Shalhoub needed to die in a certain way for it to The 13th ghost. Happen. Yeah. He needed to be the 13th ghost, who, uh, which is uh, someone who uh, died because of pure love yeah which in my opinion that seems like an easy ish ghost to find mm. you'd think like so. how many but people have just around. dived in front of other people while they're getting shot yeah. or something they mustn't you know, hang around those so ones much. must go they mustn't you know can't catch them you know just do more some, some more research uh and then this, this kalina person the the person who shows up halfway through the movie all of a sudden and then double crosses them at some point that character made no more sense yeah like, no, why is she making out with the stupid. dude She's angry. They've been fighting before. The it, it just the turn came out of nowhere. It made no sense whatsoever, uh, which I guess in this this context makes sense because it's that kind of movie. Um, yeah, this is just bad, 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 bad. So everyone go out and watch it. Yeah, so sure. M- Matthew Lillard did this, and then the following year he did Scooby Doo. And it's done Scooby Doo ever since. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He just took. He just had a couple of those uh, Scooby snacks with some marijuana in them. Yeah, I have not seen acting delivered the way that Matthew Lillard <laughs> delivers acting in this movie. It is from the moment the movie starts, he is something. Now, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> It, I honestly, I, I, I think I must dodge really bad acting pretty decently for quite some time because as soon as this movie started, I was just like, well, it's been a while since I've had to watch something this rough. <laughs> like, I'm two minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and, and, was and, this, did you get directed at all or did you just show up and shit and be like, this is well, what I'm doing. Well, guys, the ghosts are coming for us. Whoa, look out. Oh. If I touch you, I get, wow, I get fucking telekinetic powers. <laughs> I saw someone describe this as a, like a Scooby-Doo kind of movie, but the ghost ends up actually being ghosts. I mean, yeah. Scooby-Doo's better than this. At least you like the characters and they've got common sense. I mean, And better CGI. Hey, this is 2001, mate. Okay, uh, the Phantom Scooby Menace. Scooby Doo was 2002. In- <laughs> Phantom Menace came out in 1999. Yeah. 
Take that in your smoke and pipe it. Oh, uh, man. Tony Shalhoub trying to channel his uh, future and Liam Neeson. I just want to find my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about any of this. I need to find my kids. So what did any of them had a career after this? <laughs> a lot of them really didn't. Yeah, most of them. Old Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah. She is in this movie. That's fact. She is. 13 Ghosts. Watch it on UMD or don't watch it at all. <laughs> the 2001 version. Far out. By the way, I looked up. So so uh, the, the random trivia I had that was interesting was that original film, They you had to wear special glasses to see the ghosts or something. Oh, yeah. How... Yeah, so it, it wasn't 3D, but it was like a an effect or something. We had to wear glasses. Oh, so the that's audience why. had to wear glasses. Hey, did you say the, the audience, audience had to wear? Glasses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, to be able to see the ghost. And people, I was looking up, and apparently people confuse it that they think that movie's 3D when it's not. It's just something to do with whatever. You need the glasses to be able to see the ghosts on the they screen. They must have done some sort of effect. Something, but that's why in this movie you still need to wear the glasses. Uh, try to watch I'm not, it now. I'm not sure. But that's why in this movie, one of the only key elements from the original that remains in this remake is that they have the actors, um, the characters in the movie have to wear glasses to be able to see the ghosts. With LED that, shining in their eyes. Yeah, that's where the, that ridiculous element kind of comes from. Oh, okay. Apparently it involves something with red and blue filters. So, Interesting. The only interesting thing to come out of this conversation. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's been this episode of What Do You Want to Watch? Uh, Nick, where can people find you on Track, the awesome uh, TV and movie tracking service? And maybe on Twitter? No, only on Track. Lord and Pryor, P-R-I-O-L. Okay. Dylan, where can people find you on Track and definitely on Twitter? Viva la Dylan, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. Yep, and you can find me those two places at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. You can follow the Explosion Network at Twitter at ExplosionPod. Of course, uh, you can head to twitch.tv slash Explosion Network to subscribe to our Twitch and help us out. You've got one of them free Amazon Prime subscriptions that you can use every month. Do it over there. That'd really be nice. Or you can head to youtube.com slash Explosion Network to see reacts, reviews, discussions, and other stuff that we video form things. Uh, then you can always go to explosionnetwork.com to see all our written content and find all our content, including other podcasts like the aforementioned Arcade Couch. Uh, you can go over to explosionnetwork.com slash discord to join our discord where we talk about stuff in the discords. If you want to send us an email, it's over at mail at explosionnetwork.com. And if you really want to help us out, leave us a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser or just tell your friends or capture 13 ghosts and tell all the ghosts about the what do you want to watch and then set them free because nobody wants to see the past, future, and present. Especially a mad man who captures ghosts. That's so. Be kind, rewind. Be kind, rewind. Until next time. Keep watching stuff, I guess. Every Saturday, listen to a brand new episode of Arcade Couch, the Explosion Network's variety video game podcast. Sit back, relax on the best couch to chill with your friends and hear about the latest industry news, as well as our opinions on the latest releases and what we've been playing. Just search your podcasting app for Arcade Couch and subscribe for free now. Like now. Do it. You've got a friend and me. 
You've got, got a right. friend in me. <laughs>